Joining me on Moving Radio today is uh, Michael Patrick Lilly, the Chief Creative Officer of Factory Film Studios. Uh, I know you're probably thinking, like, what's going on? Usually he's talking to just directors. Uh, that seems to be my bent, but not today. Michael's, uh, Michael's a very interesting guy. We're going to find out more about him. We're also going to find out about why he's loving Edmonton so much that he's coming here and he's bringing movies here, which is a fantastic thing. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. Uh, Factory Film Studios, if more people want to kind of find out about it, they can go to factoryfilmstudio.com. But you're also on social media. Michael, production has already started in the city called Red Pine City. That's the name of the film. Uh, it's going to be filmed all around uh, Edmonton and surrounding area. And it's the first Alberta feature film that Factory Film Studios has done here. Now, before we get to the plot and all the little details about Red Pine City and why we should be extremely excited that it's filming here, let's let people know a little bit about Factory Film Studio itself sure. and how your identity for this company kind of links to the ethos of Andy Warhol. I cut my teeth in this industry in New York City and, you know, really gravitated towards sort of uh, community and culture. And uh, if people don't know, you know, in lower Manhattan in the you know late 60s and early 70s, Andy Warhol had a sort of ar artist commune that he aptly named The Factory. And it was a place for, you know, for culture and commerciality of culture and sort of exploitation of culture would all come together. You'd have photographers and artists and filmmakers and musicians come coming together to collaborate. You know, he always believed in the commercialization of anything. Art is what you make of it. Doesn't matter about budget, doesn't matter about pretense. He just wanted to get a message out there. And so he brought all these people together in the factory. So I sort of took that philosophy the same way. I like storytellers. I like people. I like folks that want to be collaborative and creative. And so under Factory Film Studio, we sort of took that approach. You know, I was a filmmaker first, and a lot of times my smaller films didn't get much exploitation, didn't get much commerciality to them. I always thought it was a shame. I always thought I had friends that worked on projects. I'd worked on projects. They were good. Maybe they weren't in the Hollywood vein of production value and, and, and such huge, huge budgets. There's no reason that those stories shouldn't be told or seen. And Andy sort of had the same sort of philosophy. And so we started Factory Film Studio at its core as a distribution entity, but certainly now as a collaborative venture to, to create feature-length productions. The interesting thing about this and the reason why we're kind of talking to you today is because, you know, somebody reached out from me and said, uh, Factory Film Studio is coming here kind of permanently there you you have moved your offices here not just for one project but it's kind of like a home base which is pretty incredible because i mean you've already got an incredible track record you're being humble you've done 130 films and television series to date under factory film studios so what is it about alberta that has shown you the potential that you can continue to flourish under factory yeah we started to look honestly at at what we could do respectfully in the independent film world and Edmonton just uh, just checked a lot of boxes. You know, it is still a growing industry. It does have a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of good creative people that want to, want to be a part of something that really is just on the cusp of breaking out. You know, 
Calgary has a very large film and television industry. And Edmonton has always been sort of, you know, the sister city to it. Never quite had the same momentum and 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 but and and, and frankly for me though, I, I was looking for something that that we could put our shape and our stamp on it a little bit different than just the servicing the American production companies that would come up here and be a part of it. I wanted it to be a Canadian independent film studio. So when I looked across the country, Montreal, Toronto, a certain Calgary and Vancouver, they have their footing already. The equipment houses, the people, the labor force, and it is starting to, you know, they're, those are big, big mega cities to try to, build the independent film community within those is is sometimes difficult. Edmonton has opportunity for folks. Edmonton has opportunity to reset and recalibrate what it means to shoot independent film. I was thrilled to get here. Just enough infrastructure, just enough labor, just enough of the right type of mindset set of folks to really put forward a truly independent film studio. So I am here. I'm thrilled to be here. I love it. We're speaking on Moving Radio today with Michael Patrick Lilly, the Chief Creative Officer of Factory Film Studio. We're discussing the fact that Factory Film Studio has moved their home offices to here, Edmonton. But also we want to talk uh, a little bit later about Red Pine City, a very exciting project, which is filming right now in our city. You can find out more at factoryfilmstudio.com. Michael, so let's talk about the actual, I mean, you kind of talked about like reasons why to kind of like think about Edmonton and, uh, and you've said some really like honest things that I'm aware of too, is that a lot of times people, even if they're working here, they're taking a three hour drive down to Calgary and kind of doing work there and then coming back up here. So this isn't as easy as like, oh, I I think we should just move to Edmonton friends. Let's go. You know, yeah, like there's there's not. clearly people you talk to here uh, infrastructurally, yeah. whether it's in the city or connected to the province. Like, tell us a little bit about how somebody like yourself in that position makes that kind of move, because I think it's very fascinating to go from, you know, Big Pond, Toronto, where you're like, oh, pretty much everything we need is at our fingertips. You know, they've got the infrastructure to coming to here where it's just starting to build up. Right. Talk just a little bit about, uh, you know, how you would make that move and who you'd have to talk to and what you really have to consider. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was interesting when because um, if it, it, from a distance, you start to do a little research online, as most of us would, and you can see sort of the inkling of, of, of how you would imagine you'd be able to do it. When you get boots on the ground, though, it's a much different uh, a different story. You know, the city was very smart in repurposing a, a former college, arts college building into an arts collective building. You know, the Orange Hub, if folks don't know, is a fantastic building. It has so many resources under one roof. When I came here and I first went to the building, I thought about what I could do just within those four walls. And um, and so much so, our production offices are at the Orchard. We're already there. Uh, we're already uh, borrowing equipment from Fava, from this this uh, the film and television uh, uh, artists uh, uh, co-op, uh, not-for-profit co-op. We're already renting some studio space from them. We're already engaging with the uh, Edmonton uh, Screen Industries Office, ESIO. They've actually even allowed us to shoot in their offices for part of our film. Okay, so we've already sort of 
seeing the benefit and the, the cooperative kind of nature that we thought could be a part of it, we're now putting it into practice. It's already happening. We're already engaging with the local post house. We're already renting equipment locally. All of our, most of our cast and crew are local hires. And like you said, a lot of folks that have often had to work in Calgary, we've asked all those people to come back. We, we're, we, we've said, you know, we, you know, don't, we want you here. You know, we're, we're, I'm doing it here. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to build the industry here. So a lot of those transplants that are, that are used to uh, having to make that commute aren't there. We are shooting it here. We are not going to Calgary. We are shooting it all locally here. And I love what you've said about resource wise. And this kind of speaks to the fact of, you know, we kind of live in a place where uh, we feel like a lot of times I'm like, well, if this isn't working, let's just rip it down to the, to the teeth and sell the, <laughs> sell the real right. estate. Right? right. Which, so that old McEwen, uh, Grant McEwen, space used to be the yeah. kind of fine arts extension of, of of that school right and then they centralized everything downtown so i think it's great that you talk about the orange hub and also connection to fava so anybody thinking that this is some sort of like you know what's really going on here because i think that probably i don't know did you run into any kind of like uh, we're we're not sure about you like looking at you kind of sideways or did you feel like it was all open arms and working with somebody yeah. like fava and the edmonton uh screen offices like all that stuff has been a pleasant experience for you, I'm sure. It, it's all been pleasant. It's all been, uh, you know, a very welcoming and 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 what can we do type of attitude. I think what they were looking for was maybe someone to give them a little bit more direction on what we can do. I feel like some of the, the some of these are underused places and underused resources. I mean, I look at the Orange Hub and I think, oh, I've got 20 movies I could shoot just in the Orange Hub. You know, I really do. I think that way. Most of my contemporaries would do the same. So I'm very fortunate that I that I am here uh, and that we are doing this because, yeah, I think a lot, everybody has been so welcoming. I do believe that they're trying to now that they're looking at this as a benchmark, I think people are starting to think about how did we do this? How do we replicate what what we're doing now for my, you know, us personally, I mean, I want to be our first best customer always, and I want to continue to utilize the Orange Hub and the resources there because I see no reason not to. I mean, it is it is so well uh, adaptable to what our needs are from changing from production to production. I feel very fortunate that we sort of, if you know, lucked into or were encouraged to you know to consider what it means to be working with these folks under this sort of you know, base camp arrangement, at least for now, at least for now. Clearly for people on the outside kind of looking in who aren't necessarily engaged with like what kind of local productions are happening around town. The only time that their ears perk up is like, uh, you know, if Brad Pitt is doing Jesse James down at, you know, Ford Edmonton, do you know what I mean? Like for some people that it doesn't register. So like the honest impact of of independent films in this province that may be projects that some people will never see uh, is still significant, right? It's mm-hmm. another extension mm-hmm. of business that I think that the city uh, maybe hasn't taken as much advantage of. So I, I'm, I'm glad to see that at least there are more olive branches and opportunities being created in order for artists to have somewhere to work because we've lost a lot of really good creative people because they're just yeah. Yeah. the opportunities 
I will say too, like our core business is distribution and we've extended the olive branch to a lot of folks that have these sort of smallish films mm-hmm. that may not get properly, uh, you know, commercialized or exploited. And we said, please, we can take these smaller films that have already been produced and already been shot in Edmonton. You know, that's part of it is having that exposure. If people don't realize that this homegrown talent and product is out there. Now, that talent may not have A-list celebrities involved. There's no reason that we can't get some eyeballs on it. There's no reason that it's not worth having a look at. So we're going to try to do that in tandem with what we're doing personally. The company has a focus, has some mandates, has some interesting options for for content. But certainly we have extended, you know, we've been, been encouraging filmmakers that maybe shot something a couple of years ago. It's found its way to a platform or two. You know, that's great. But like we can do more than that. Like we have a team, we have infrastructure, we've got lots of platform partners all over the world. We want that content. That's good for Edmonton, too. The more people that realize that that we're not the only guys here. Right. We're here just to support the other creative folks that are here. We're not the only guys. There's a lots of independent filmmaking that is happening here. We're here to help them as well. Absolutely. We're talking on Moving Radio today with Michael Patrick Lilly, the chief creative officer of Factory Film Studios. Uh, we're discussing the fact that they are filming right now Red Pine City in our town, but also uh, the fact that he's moved his offices to Edmonton permanently. And uh, just the exciting horizon that uh, that is in front of Factory Film Studios of now being based in Edmonton. All right, so we talked a little bit about uh, Factory. We talked a little bit about moving to Edmonton. Let's really get to Red Pine City. Uh, It's described as a reluctant enforcer that teams up with a beautiful, talented country singer. Ah, this is so Edmonton at this point. (laughs) (laughs) To to remove the scourge of a local mobster, which also may be more Edmonton than I I even know. You've got some recognizable faces in the cast, too. Tell us a little bit about this project, Red Pine City. It's a fun project, sort of action drama. Our star, Kate McAllister, is her name in the story. And she's, uh, you know, deciding on the twilight of her maybe career, do, does she continue to pursue her lifelong dream of becoming a country singer and, and moving on to Nashville and fame and fortune? And she gets an opportunity that pays well to go to a northern Albertan town, to go play at a bar, and she thinks... Okay, well, let's we'll, we'll go we'll go and do it. What she doesn't realize is that tavern, that bar, is owned by a local mobster, and uh, she decides to take it upon herself to kind of put him in his place and maybe right some wrongs that are going on, and uh, inadvertently drags in the local mobster's local in, uh, enforcer to uh, help her execute her plan, and so then becomes the two of them teaming up against this guy and the hunt for them and chaos ensues. And yeah, so it's fun. I mean, we, uh, yeah, it, it was perfectly, we, we had other plans for this film in other jurisdictions in Canada. I couldn't be more happy to bring it here to, to Alberta and shoot it here. It makes perfect sense for the story framework and everything else. The project stars Elise Mueller, you know, has done, has a, has had a wide variety of uh, Hollywood successes over the years. Uh, Rick Ravenello plays our enforcer, our, our second lead, who also uh, probably best known for uh, General Hospital and, and Heart's War with 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 uh, with uh, uh, Bruce Willis. And then, of course, you know, I, I got to bring in the uh, the ultimate bad guy is uh, is is uh, is uh, 
Eric Roberts, best known maybe for uh, recently for the Expendables and and for uh, the latest Batman movie. So Eric's playing our our local bad guy, and you know I I really wanted someone that had some gravitas to him to you know to uh, to come here and 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 show what uh, a small town local mobster can do uh, when pushed to the limits. So. So yeah, I'm happy to have it. It's a fantastic cast, and then the rest of the cast is is all all uh, Albert. I always think it's fascinating, like a guy like Eric Roberts. I just look at him like that dude works, like works, yeah. like it's. I, I mean, people like that were they maybe have a certain amount of, of, of recognizability. Of course, you see them, in, and even if you don't nail the name, you're like, oh, I absolutely know that person. Of course, that's a great centerpiece for your film. But I think what's more important is what you just talked about is like all those other supporting characters that are around them and the amount of people that are going to get work uh, here that are Edmontonians or Albertans, uh, not only just on the screen, but behind the scenes. So I think that's the most exciting part. All right. So how long are you shooting for right now with Red Pine City? And, uh, uh and- yeah, we've uh, we've just finished week one. We got two more to go. Been it's been exciting. Uh, uh, week one, we were uh, we were shooting mostly in Stony Plain, establishing our our Red Pine City, and then next week we're actually uh, shooting out by Elk Island via Elk Island Retreat. Our final week, we're sort of uh, more interior, uh, and we shoot uh, one of the main locations is actually a, a Cook County, which is uh, a fairly a recognizable country bar, and that's going to be uh, setting the stage for our uh, Nashville bar and uh, a couple of other locations as well. So, yeah, and, and what you said about local talent, I mean, just, just uh, you know, besides sort of our, our three, you know, Hollywood transplants, the other 30 folks in the cast, it's a big cast, 33, are all from Edmonton, a couple from Calgary. It's all Alberta. And we we did a really we did an open call, a very wide search call. We sent out a very uh, a concerted sort of structured call. And then we had one of our producers, Jarvis Granier from uh, Hotshot Films, had a, you know, a great Rolodex of local actors that we called in and uh, we couldn't be more pleased. Everybody is stepping up. Everybody is good. All Alberta. So, I mean, it's it's a huge cast. This is a quite a big cast from independent film, mostly Alberta, mostly Alberta. Yeah, and I like that uh, you're kind of co-producing or at least connecting with Hotshot. Jarvis has been a guest on our show as well, yeah. uh, too, and uh, and just mentioned the fact that you know you're in a building where you're uh, you know getting equipment from Fava. Uh, like these are all great things. It's a I think this yeah. is what people may perceive is that it's like. This is outsider coming in, just going to shoot, and then we're done. I think the biggest thing we want to reinforce for people here is that Factory is here to stay and that they are connecting right. with artists from around the community. And it's not just a three-week paycheck. It's about uh, what's the next project, right? Absolutely. I mean, Jarvis is the producer, co-production uh, venture, and he is the producer. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, the director is actually a, a very close friend, Frank A. Caruso. And we have like seven of his films on my catalog already. So, you know, we, we've had some success to, together. He, he's, he's from Ontario and he's bringing his DP with him, which is, is, is understandable. Everybody else is from Melbourne. The crew is uh, about 47. With the actors and the crew, it's 70 odd people that are involved in this production from Alberta. It's, it's a big footprint. And you're correct. With, this is not just uh, 
let's get it done here and uh, and move on. We're getting it done here to build a consortium of folks that want to continue to do this on a regular basis. All right. Well, let's get to know you a little bit, at least cinematically here, Michael Patrick Lilly. I, I don't want to like, uh, you know, intrude in your personal life, but I do. I do want to know, like cinematically, like what sure. what Michael was kind of weaned on as a young person. Like what yeah. what are the things that are kind of like I, I feel like there's films, if you really love it, that are kind of woven into your DNA. Right. Or whatever you might be. If you're athletic, maybe it's like moments, games or things like that. But I feel like there are films that are kind of like part of my DNA that I will watch till the day I expire. and just try to find things related to it so so for you michael what would it be if we were gonna like uh take a little splice of your dna what kind of films are gonna be in there i have a couple of favorite actors and i have a couple of favorite genres and you know i have always been interested in how do folks decide that they're gonna sort of work outside the normal parameters of society you know, what does that always look like? I always have been fascinated, even as young. So, I mean, the crime thriller genre in general, I love them all. Obviously, you know, stuff like The Godfather, The Usual Suspects, the, 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 what, what makes people sort of come together to do something that normally, you know, 99% of the rest of the population would not. What is it that makes those fast? That, that, that's always fascinating. I would say that I go a little bit further into, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s and, and productions like Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, uh, No Man's Land, all of those like To Live and Die in L.A. Mm. You know, I really sort of have I've always loved those real sort of counterculture films with the crime elements to them, you know, that I always love those. It's always, always, always. Obviously, I'm a big Pacino fan. Obviously, I'm a, a big De Niro fan. And then the other part of me is I am a child of the eighties and loving John Hughes and loving that sort of, you know, the, those films always have. And my favorite actor, uh, my favorite actor who I've not worked with yet yeah, uh, is actually uh, John Cusack. I am wow. an enormous John Cusack fan. I have always been, haven't had opportunity yet, but uh, we'll try. I mean, I tried to get Eric Roberts in a film three times now, and it was, uh, you know, third time's a charm. So he's a busy, busy man. So same thing. So, John, I'm waiting. Come to Edmonton. We're, we're, <laughs> we're good. We'll get something for you. I promise. I promise. Well, I, I love that we have the hope that he listens to this show. I would say he he has to be a deep cup lover of film. He's like, I need to know more about the Edmonton independent scene. Correct. But you never know. He could be that guy. It's cool that you mentioned that because, I mean, we're both right around the same age. But I remember... Like I'd seen him in things, but it was the sure thing that kind of blew my mind when I saw that. So I remember we were such idiots when we were kids. They were like, because the big thing was they were shotgunning beers, basically. So we were far too young for that. So we were like, okay, we're going to do it, but we're going to do pop. And Michael, I had no idea how much that could just like hurt your brain. Like (laughs) it's about the time I had moved on to alcohol when I was of the correct age. I was like, this is so much easier than it was with a can of Coke. Like yeah. the Coke was making my brain want to explode. It yeah. was, I that was like... my favorite growing up. And, the, and I think and then I realized, you know, he seemed like 
the right age. And so much, you know, we grew up with with, with young folks that were obviously much older, playing younger. He was absolutely that age when he was playing that age. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, I, I really respect, you know, the, the kind of nuanced choices that he makes as an actor, even in those silly films. They're so good because of him. Uh, you know what? If I if I'd had a young man uh, with my wife, then I would have wanted him to be a little bit more like Lloyd Dobler. That would have been yeah. my hope. <laughs> Don't we? Absolutely. Kudos. Absolutely. It's been fantastic talking to you today, Michael. I know you're incredibly busy. I'm, I really do appreciate the time you've taken out here. Michael Patrick Lilly has been our guest today on Moving Radio, Chief Executive Officer Officer of Factory Film Studio. Let's let people know because we talked about 130 films. There's uh look, you would be a podcast unto yourself if we were going to talk about all 130. <laughs> Let's let people know where they can find some of these films. Because I took a look through the website there and I was like, oh, there's some great stuff here. Um, there are ways for people to get it physically but also there's links for streaming. So tell people a little bit about how they can connect with Factory Film Studio. Yeah, factoryfilmstudio.com. We've got sort of output deals. Uh, most of our content you can find on iTunes and Apple TV, on Amazon, uh, in the States on Vudu. Uh, also, if, uh, if you are uh, local, we've got uh, 40 films on Shaw Cable. In fact, you can talk into your, uh, if you say Factory Film Studio, we're a network on Shaw. And our, our logo will show up and, and and you'll see us right there. So most of the cablers in, in Canada and the U.S. were, were a part of and, and most of the larger streaming platforms as well. So I think people minimize. They're like, oh, not a big deal. Like, I'd rather go to the larger platform. I'm like, even that $4.99 or $6.99 that you pay for that rental is all important because... Like as much as that seems like it's a small amount, all that stuff builds. And really what you're just supporting is a cinematic infrastructure for 100%. those films. And and now you're supporting it here. So it's a really small way to kind of make that yeah. go further. I think people don't realize that, that you know, having a, a film on, you know, a dozen or, or 20 platforms, you know, every little bit helps an independent filmmaker really does uh, see the benefit of that, of that sort of, uh, you know, uh, cross-platform pl sort of, uh, you know, um, revenue and commercial uh, potential. We're in a new landscape. You know, I said the independent filmmaking, you, you turn on any platform and there's Universal Pictures and Factory Film Studios side by each. I mean, the, the consumer really does have their 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 choice on what they want to do. And and that's great. That's really is a but it's 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 a grind every day. We we fight for our filmmakers and market and do things like this to sort of tell people that it's there is other content not just on the you know that that has been produced and some of it's been produced locally and you should really check it out. It's really quite good. Well, it's been fantastic to talk to you about uh, this new venture here in Edmonton with Factory Film Studios, the brand new film that's filming right now. If you happen to listen to this quickly, but uh, if you hear it later, it's already done. <laughs> red <laughs> red pine city that i'm sure people are going to be able to hear about soon in 2023 uh and just talking to you about cinema it's been uh, it's been a great conversation michael hopefully we'll get to talk to you again and uh, i feel like we're going to be covering some of your projects here in the future for sure right thank you very much for your interest i appreciate it thank you